When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Hitting the five-day weekend. It's a rare, it's a rare occurrence, but it's wonderful because I usually work, well, my day job and this, mm-hmm. uh, I won't be doing this over the weekend, but nope. day job is four, four, 10 hour shifts. So Monday through Thursday. And then next week we get Tuesday off. So I am not going to work Monday. Instead we'll work Friday. So we get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's so worth it. Five day weekend. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I love it. See, I, I took tomorrow off, you know, mm-hmm. One to Taylor Swift. When this comes right. out, it's Taylor Swift Day, and I'm really excited. I am. And Five Guys. Oh, I mean, I'm not. Go- I'm going to Sacred Beast and OTR. You ever <laughs> oh, heard of Sacred okay. Beast? I have not even heard of it. No. Okay, well, I'm going there because the downtown's going to be absolutely insane tomorrow. So I'm going there first, and then I'm going to go to the concert. But um, I'm taking. I have a four day week. I normally I work in the corporate world too, and I have five. I normally work Monday through Friday, and I said, you know what? We're gonna take Friday off, and now I'm extremely jealous of you because you work four days a week. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I've, it's amazing. I mean, my my last job before this, I did too. It's not something that I like really search for, just <laughs> luck. So I love it. I prefer to work the extra two hours a day to get an entire day off. It's very much worth it. Also, you ever get? I'm basically in charge of what days I work, as long as I do work four days. So if I ever get sick on like Wednesday or I just really don't feel good, I just work Friday, <laughs> take that day off. I don't need to work through the sickness, which is pretty cool. I am. Yeah, I'm extremely, extremely jealous. Now I have to figure out how to do the four day work week because <laughs> this is this is balance. This is work and life balance having that. So, no, it, it'll be uh, it'll be really nice. And enjoy your five day weekend. That's awesome. Before you get really busy, and we get into the thick of football season, the training camp, the preseason, regular season, all of that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not ready. Regular season is really when the grind starts, but it's also very exciting at the start. I I feel like there's just that feeling of like football's back. I know you got that weekend of college football, but I I just don't really care about college football. I will watch a game that weekend, though, just Mm because I'm excited. And then I'll complain about, which I think this rule got changed. I'll complain in my house about (laughs) why does the clock stop for every first down? Like this game is dragged out so long. And then... uh, I think they changed that though. I think I think it's no longer every first down stops the clock. Because that's always dragged the game out. Like those games are like four plus hours. They are. They're so long. I I I'm okay with college football. The thing I love about college football, I'll tell you this. I love Saturdays in September and October, and you could even say November. There's a chill in the air. You have football playing. Um, I, I don't have a favorite college football team, so that's probably the reason why I'm not huge college football Saturdays. Yeah, same. But, you know, I'll have it on. 
watch the game, tell you what happened if there's some cool games. But NFL Sunday is is number one. It's where it's at, and that's what I look forward to. And I won't be surprised if NFL games start to peak more and more into those Saturdays um, and just say, hey, you know what? We're trying to be five days a week kind of thing. Well, they keep talking about like Wednesday and Friday. It's like, oh, goodness. Well, they have a Friday this year. Yep, you know? they sure do. So, I mean, Bengals wanted it, but the NFL said, you know what? You're too eager to have that Friday game. We're going to give it to someone else like the Jets. You got to play. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, wait, hold on. Nick said something for this is, I think, just for me and my take about the college football thing. The clock will stop in the final two minutes of each half for first down still. I don't like it. It was such a frantic chaos energy for an NFL two minute drill that college just doesn't replicate because once they get that first down, they just kind of like slowly come up. They got guys Mm -hmm. with the signs. It's like, they don't, the NFL. And I I mean, college quarterbacks, not the same level. So like NFL quarterbacks, they come and just rub two fingers. They got a whole play call in there, but uh, I love that. I love NFL two minute drills so much. And the college ones are fine. I just feel like it's missing the complete chaos element of it. Yeah, I see it. Um, You know what? We're going to move on to some other things because this was a topic on our podcast a couple weeks ago. Carlos Dunlap. We talked about, you know, a couple players. What are the odds this player could come back and play for the Cincinnati Bengals? Carlos Dunlap was on the list. Tyler Eifert was on the list. Eli Apple. And I'm forgetting. Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. And uh, Carlos Dunlap made his way back in town. He has a restaurant. I want to say that there's, I I think the title is Honey is his restaurant. something. Honey something. Um, great marketing over here. Hey, no free ads on the podcast. I will but look it up just so that he does get so a proper. Get, just yeah. so we do give the right restaurant name. But you can continue um, while I do that. Yeah, so it's over in the Covington side. I Actually, I was walking to something in Covington a couple weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? No way, that's Carlos Dunlap's restaurant, and it was. So they had the opening, and big deal, Carlos Dunlap is back in Cincinnati. There's a couple things. There's a couple pictures of Carlos Dunlap, and he's wearing that really big, shiny ring, uh, Super Bowl ring with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think one of the photos that came out today, Ben Baby, over on Twitter, um, had Katie Blackburn look like uh, Katie Blackburn. Some of the front office went over to mm-hmm. support Carlos Dunlap. And again, that just, I, I kind of mentioned it on the last podcast. I was like, Oh man, I could never see them kind of reuniting. I felt like it's kind of a little, how it went down. It felt like bad blood, but Hey, there's so much more that happens behind the scenes. And I'll say one thing about the Brown family and, and Blackburn, they have a lot of respect for their players um, who come and go. And they remember you. So maybe, you know, that I, I don't know. I felt like that was really cool for Katie Blackburn to go out there and support Carlos Dunlap um, opening his restaurant. Honey uninhibited. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and Katie Blackburn's huge because ownership and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not Mike Brown, but, you know. Yeah. Mike Brown, I feel like, doesn't take that many pictures right now. Uh, but, yeah, that's a good sign for the ownership. The other person that was in that Ben Baby tweet was Duke Tobin. So he does not feel betrayed by the man who traded him, although he really wanted traded. So <laughs> I also feel like that's probably somebody he's fine with. Now, if we get an image of Lou Anarumo and Carlos Dunlap at the restaurant, now I'll feel like the comeback might be real. But for now, I just think they're being nice and – Whatnot. I just, it's glad they don't, there's no real animosity with ownership in Dunlap mm-hmm. because Carlos Dunlap should 100% make the ring of honor. He has the, what is it, tied for the most sacks all time? Could you imagine not putting that guy in because in his 
tenth year or whatever you had a, a, an issue with ownership. It's like it happens, man. Like Corey Dillon didn't when he I was young, but when he mm-hmm. left, wasn't wasn't it not on amicable terms? Yeah, he was pretty upset. He threw he threw his cleat in the stadium, and he said that he would rather flip burgers. Okay, yeah. So we're jonesing to add him back in, right into the Ring of Honor, but Carlos. Carlos Dunlap was kind of like his 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 exit kind of felt like that too. It honestly. was, yeah, it was. So I mean, time heals all wounds, and they're not going to put in new people in just yet. It's not going to be this year or anything. But when the opportunity arises, I feel like he is a Ring of Honor type player. So I'm glad that ownership seems to have squashed the beef a little bit, and maybe by then. You know, the defensive coordinator won't have too much beef <laughs> with him because that was the real issue, I think. And maybe the head coach a little bit, but it felt – we'll just say the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, that that is a big deal, and I think that – and we don't know anything about behind the scenes how Lou mm-hmm. felt or, you know, now down, years down the road. You know, years have passed and, and things like that. How, how does the coaching staff feel? We just don't know. I just feel like if Carlos done that does play in 2023, I just don't, I don't think it's going to be in Cincinnati. No, um, probably not. But hey, the dream is alive. It is alive. I mean, his restaurant is right across the river, um, which is awesome. Good for Carlos. Um, you know, I know how things went down and we've talked about it plenty, but he did a lot of really good things off the field uh, when he was in Cincinnati and then obviously on the field when he was here. There's another person I want to talk about. PFF. Not going to get in. There's someone behind. There's someone behind. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth, future Ring of Chris, Honor member. Chris Collinsworth. No, 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 no. Nothing against him. Believe me, I know how Bengals fans feel about him. It's a. It was a PFF tweet. I, I called them one person. I know there's more than one one person who works at PFF, and it was Tampa Trey, who's over there. I want to say he's he's been there for like maybe the last year. I could be Brother wrong. Emma. Great. I could not remember his last name. I'm obviously terrible with names on this podcast today, so I apologize in advance. But they call him Tampa Trey over on Twitter. And uh, one of the things, I'm going to say this about PFF, and it's extremely smart to do. They put out a lot of clickbait. A lot of their a lot of their quotes, a lot of their retweets, a lot of your likes. Um, is I mean, they did a thing with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the best the, duo in the NFL. The funniest ones are like, who's stopping this offense? And it's like the New York Giants, like Daniel Jones, Wandale Robinson. It's like probably most teams. I, I don't understand this. Every day. I mean, it's smart. If you're the social media manager, you're like, you know what? Let's put something a little, little, little you know, we know it's going to get a pretty good reaction. We're going to put it on our Twitter account. We're going to get great views, interactions. People are going to comment because people love the NFL and they want their team to be talked about. Uh, there was one thing, and it's probably going to go into our next segment, but I want to bring it up because it's something that I've honestly noticed for the last couple of years. I don't know how much awards mean to players when it comes to NFL awards, but you look a couple years ago when Joe Burrow won Comeback Player of the Year, uh, Jamar Chase won Rookie of the Year. It was really cool. They were given those awards when they were at the Super Bowl, you know, a couple nights before the the big game. And for them to have that after what happened to Joe in his rookie year was pretty incredible. Um, you know, there's a lot of deserving players for that. Coach of the Year has been something that I felt like Zach Taylor is being – 
little, little slept on when it comes to the other coaches who are getting that recognition recognition. And I think a lot of people would look at if I if I were to say Zach Taylor deserved to be in that conversation last year, they would say, well, he just went to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's not really taking a team from not being that great to going to an AFC championship game again. But it was like they didn't really talk about him the year previously either from taking a team and Joe Burrow being injured and coming off of that and then being able to put a team in the Super Bowl was extremely huge winning a playoff game and it just feels like we'll get to what the the ranking and the list look like but just overall with Zach Taylor what is it about him that people just they're like eh, it's it's Joe Burrow it's Jamar Chase it's T Higgins shouldn't Zach Taylor get some credit for something okay I've got a few takes one and we'll just start with why Zach Taylor doesn't get as much credit as he should because he started off bad. So people had their opinion mm-hmm. and they didn't think he could get better. They just saw, no, oh, he's a bad coach. And like, I'm not going to say he was a bad coach, but I will say the results weren't good and it made sense to kind of blame him. Weird. Yeah. Louis Anarumo also started off pretty shaky and everybody's turned on him. They think he's one of the greats, but with Zach Taylor, his results didn't turn until he got the players. And I think that you can look independent of the players and see that he's putting his players in a better position to succeed than he ever has. Uh, He's gotten better every year, but it really felt like a lot of the national media kind of made up their mind by year two. They're like, Oh, he's not good. Let's move on and start looking at other guys. Um, My second take coach of the year. How much of a chance does Zach Taylor ever have to win that? Because what it really is, is most improved team. Like that's, what did it if you're a bad team and you go nine and eight, ten and seven and squeak into the playoffs, you're winning coach of the year. Look at Brian Dabble. I mean, like, yeah. did they were they a Super Bowl contender? No. Did they squeak into the playoffs, win just enough games? Yeah. Did, is there some way you could give him a lot of credit for that? Yeah. So floor raising has been such a big thing for coach of the year talk. Nobody cares about your ceiling. They just care that you took a bad team and made them good. I think of back but Marvin Lewis won it in, was that 20, somewhere in that 2011 to 2013 range, I think. I can't remember. But I he can't. won it. And the reason he won was because people thought the team was going to be bad and they were good and they made the playoffs or won the division. One of the two. Well, they would have made the playoffs. They won the division, but like they may have mm-hmm. won a wild card spot or won the division. Uh, yeah. I mean, these are just, I, I don't, I don't personally agree with that ideology. It was 2009, that's right, because that was a really wild year that they made the playoffs because they just stunk in 2008. Um, they swept their division, too. I think they mm-hmm. won every game. They won the division. division. It was That was that was a big one. It was not 2011-2015. Yeah. It was that random 09 year, which I love that year. Uh, what's your random year? Because the following year, Carson, after that season, he won a traded. So that's yeah. why. The next year was the T.O. show. T.O. show. <laughs> but uh, I still have a shirt. But... Um, yeah, I don't personally fully agree with the idea that it's just your floor raising is what matters. I, mm-hmm. I feel like Andy Reid should have – you know Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a single Coach of the Year award? It's like he probably should have one, right? I mean, yeah. You know? I, I'm going to get into – there's more I want to get into with this list. We will get to your questions when it comes to the Twitter world, but there's more I want to talk about with Zach Taylor. Look, I don't want to look back and be like, Coach of the Year, let's make it a topic, but it, it's going to connect with what I'm seeing when it comes to Zach Taylor and around the NFL. And I just feel like a lot of people forget 
some of the other things that he's been able to do with this team. Yes, they have Joe Burrow, but then I also hear Joe Burrow isn't good enough or Joe Burrow has all the weapons. That's why they're winning. You know, what is it? What is it? Is It can be more than one thing with this team, and I don't feel like Zach Taylor gets that credit, and I want to get to more of that next because I'm going to ramble more, and we're going to be over in this segment. So we're going to get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.